We do not destroy the heretic because he resists us. As long as he resists us, we never destroy him. We make him one of ourselves before we kill him. We make his brain perfect before we blow it out. And then, when there is nothing left but sorrow and love, big brother, we shall lift you clean out of history. We shall turn you into gas and pour you into the stratosphere. A rather remarkable thing happened last Friday. I guess in the big scheme of things, it wasn't that remarkable. We went to Tacoma for lunch, Cammy and I did. And the express purpose of going to Tacoma for lunch was because I wanted to go to a bookstore. I hadn't been to a bookstore in a while. We do have a bookstore here in Silverdale. However, it is a chain bookstore. And while I like those, don't get me wrong, my passion is for eclectic used book type stores. I love to go to used bookstores and there are two of them in Tacoma and I wanted to go and we went. The remarkable thing that happened was for the first time in history, I walked out of a used bookstore with only two books. That's it. Two books. And my wife, Cammie, whom I love dearly, walked out with six. She actually <laughs> carried out more books than, than, than I did, which is weird, but good, but it's also a little unusual. While I was there, I found a book that intrigued me. I like hardback books. I really do. And what I really like are collection books. So I have a bunch of hardback books that are, you know, the works of Shakespeare, the works of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle and Nathaniel Hawthorne. And not that I would read that, but I I like them. Um, I just like them. I do, and I, they had one that I ended up picking up, George Orwell, uh, Visions of Dystopia. And it contains within it one of my favorite books, 1984. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Dave, are you really going to talk about 1984 again? We get it. It's dystopian, the future, big brother. We get it. But yeah, for all of that, there is a part of this book and indeed in the movie 1984, which I highly recommend. I really enjoy it. That just haunts me. It, it's a, it's, it's a scene with lines that every time I watch it, I hear something more differently. It applies in a better way, I guess. I I don't know. I, every time I open this book, every time I look at this book, I see something different. I pick up some new thing. And there was a, there's a scene in, in, in the book and in the movie, of course, where Winston has been arrested by the thought police. And he is in the interrogation room with O'Brien. Again, I, I am absolutely convinced that O'Brien is big brother. And I think I figured out, I couldn't put my finger on it last time we talked about it. There's a scene in the movie where O'Brien admits that he wrote Goldstein's book. So, uh, yeah. And, and that's one of the questions that, uh, that Winston asks is, is big brother real? Yes, he's real. But there's, there's this conversation and it's about the four fingers. And I've talked about this before. How many fingers do you see? And remember the whole gist of Winston's 
questioning is freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two equals four. And we've, we've become so focused on that two plus two equals four, no two plus two equals five thing that we've missed the whole point of what he's saying, which is, it doesn't matter what two plus two is. That's not the question because for each person like room 101, the question is different. Maybe for you, it's not two, two plus two equals four. Maybe it's some other thing that you've taken for granted. The earth is round. What if the party says that it's flat? It doesn't matter. It's, it's the question is simply the methodology that the party that O'Brien is going to use to break Winston. How many fingers am I holding up? And he says, I, I want to say five, but I, but I only see four. And eventually they get to the point where he says, Winston says, I see four. And O'Brien says a line that absolutely just freaking, I don't want to be weird about it or anything, but it kind of freaked me out a little bit yesterday when I was going through this, getting ready for it, because all of a sudden, like I said, there are new things in this book and in this movie. Every time I watch the movie, every time I read portions of the book, I pick up something new. And while I'd heard the line before, I never really, I never really saw it. I never really heard it. How many fingers am I holding up? Four, says Winston. And O'Brien's line, his response to that is absolutely chilling. In recent days, we've been talking a lot about cancel culture and media and its reaction to certain things. Joe Rogan is, is all in the news right now. Of course, as you know, Joe Rogan is uh, going through some things and I, I have my own thoughts about it. I actually prepared a show for it the other day and then I, I junked it because really number one, you don't care what I think about Joe Rogan. Uh, but number two, it's been said and usually it gets repetitive, I guess. I don't know. I'm not one of these people that has to say something just because I have to say it. You know, everybody else has said it. Well, okay. That's good enough for me at, at times. But part of this discussion has been the reaction to the canceling, the attempted canceling of Joe Rogan. And I saw a tweet yesterday from one of my, I, I would, I would say she's one of my favorite reporters, but she's no longer a reporter. She, she actually quit corporate news much like I did and, and went into business for herself, which I appreciate. I believe me, I appreciate that more. And I, and her reporting, her program since she left the, the news station has been even better. But she tweeted this yesterday, Brandy Cruz, uh, two years ago, Joe Rogan would have gotten the boot immediately. It may not feel like it, but people are slowly starting to wake up. Imagine the meltdown when the woke brigade realizes we're not scared of them anymore. Now, the, the gist of what she's saying here is that people are, are uncanceling the cancellation of Joe Rogan that they are, there are people who are, you know, reacting much as I did. You know, I seriously thought that Neil Young was dead. I was surprised to learn that he was alive. He's not relevant. 
Um, Joni Mitchell, same thing. There are people who are, I've heard, buying Spotify subscriptions just because, just to support Joe Rogan. There are calls, you know, for, for canceling the cancelers in this particular case. And all that's fantastic with regards to Joe Rogan. The problem is that Joe Rogan is humongous. Joe Rogan is big. He's far more important than you or I will ever be. And certainly than I'll ever be in this business. And he's, he's become a symbol. You see, I, I really believe this. If Joe Rogan were to go away tomorrow, if they were to cancel Joe Rogan tomorrow, that would be a bad thing for the woke culture. It really would be just like Donald Trump losing the election. Just like the old story that Reinhard Heydrich told at the conclusion of the Vanessa conference, he was uh, telling a story to his aide, uh, Adolf Eichmann and to a guy by the name of Mueller, who was a SS general. He was telling him the story about a man who hated his father, just hated his father, loved his mother. And when his mother died, he was emotionless. He, he had no passion. He didn't care. He was, it wasn't that he didn't care. It's just, he couldn't find tears. But when his father died, he was just an emotional wreck. And the moral of the story that Heydrich was trying to, to get across, they were talking in context of the, the, the final solution to the Jewish problem. The context he was trying to get across was be careful that we don't go too far because if we, if we eliminate our enemy, if we, if we, the thing that we hate is no longer there, then what do we do? You know, what, we, we got to be careful here. And I think in the same vein, if Joe Rogan was to completely go away, if they really managed to cancel him, you might say to yourself, well, they just go on to the next thing. True. But at what point do the next thing start saying, I'm not going to participate in your game. And so this concept that Brandy comes up here with cancel culture is dying. I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure that that's really what's happened here. Yesterday, we learned that a guy by the name of Mark Lyle, I had no clue who Mark Lyle was until this morning. I had no clue. Didn't never heard of him. And, and the reason is, is because I don't watch golf. I, I like to play golf. I'm not very good at it, but I don't watch golf. Golf on television to me is, well, it's kind of akin to, uh, to some other sports that are just, it's just dull. I mean, it just doesn't work for me. And Mr. Ryle had some things to say, Mr. Lyle, sorry, had some things to say about some other sports that he's not involved with. He's a former PGA golfer, and now he's a paid commentator. He was a paid commentator on the golf channel on Sirius XM. And he was doing an interview where he was talking about, he, he actually said these words, you know, the old cheap LPGA tour, the ladies pro golf tour to me is a completely tif- different tour than it was just 10 years ago. You couldn't pay me to watch it 10 years ago. You really couldn't because I just, I, I just couldn't relate to it at all. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a basketball player and I'm not trashing anybody, please don't take it the wrong way. But I saw some highlights of ladies basketball, man, is there a gun in the house? I'll shoot myself rather than watch that unquote. 
you won't be surprised to learn that as of today, Mark Lyle has been fired from Sirius XM radio and cancel culture has taken him on because of his comments. And you might be saying to yourself, well, sure, Dave. I mean, he talked about, is there a gun in the house? He was talking about guns and shooting himself and, and the likes of that. You might think that that's what people were really upset about, but no, it's not what they're upset about at all. They're furious with him over the idea that he would even make the, the idea that he would make the idea that the, the comment that the WNBA is unwatchable, that it's terrible basketball, that it's bad. Do you, do you follow what's going on here? Do you, do you see the problem with this? He's fired because of his opinion that a certain brand of basketball, which is, let's face it, politically correct basketball, isn't as good as he would like it to be. And he finds it unwatchable to the point where if he had a gun, he would shoot himself. And I'm no doubt sure that people, and you'll notice that he got canceled. He got fired and you'll never hear about Mark Lyle, Mark, is it Mark Lye again? You'll never hear him. Of course, he's 69 years old. He's retired. He's, you know, he was doing the commentary thing as a lark, but he's done. You'll never hear that again. He's canceled. And that brings me back to the logic of those four fingers. His comments on the WNBA are shared by millions of people who do not watch the NBA, WNBA. You know that, right? You know that the WNBA is on television. Do you watch it? And if you do, great. But based on the ratings, which are, you know, down there in the, in the land of the Olympics right now, you're, you have to accept that most people don't watch it because it's not a product that they enjoy. But now here's cancel culture saying that, no, you have to say that you like it. And by the way, the line that O'Brien uses when Winston finally says, I see four fingers, he leans in and says, it's not enough to just say it. You have to believe it. And until you believe it, you're not really there yet. We don't. You're not really where we want you to be yet. He talks about, O'Brien talks about, we never destroy the heretic. When I heard that line yesterday, when I read that line yesterday, all of a sudden the whole Joe Rogan thing made sense to me. We never destroy the heretic. Well, just because he opposes us, just because he's against us, just because he says things we don't like. We never destroy the heretic. No, 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 no. We make him one of us. Joe Rogan issues an apology. Mark, Mark lie issues an apology, a correction, a clarification. Because it didn't save his job. He still got fired, but we make him one of us. We convert him to being what we want him to be. We make him no different than us believing the same way as we do. And then we erase him from history. 
We fix his brain and then we blow it out. And then he says to Winston, we release you as a gas into the stratosphere. We completely erase you from history. It's not enough to just say, to just go along, to get along. It's not enough to just say that you believe that, I don't know, peaceful protests involve fires and riots. It's not enough to say that you believe, to say that you you accept that Canadian truckers are violent seditionists and January 6th people are violent seditionists. You can't just say that. You have to believe it. And until you believe it, your rehabilitation is not complete. You have to, you can't just say that a man can be a woman. You have to believe it. You can't just say (laughs) masks work. You have to believe it. And once they, once they push you to the point where you believe it, they erase you from history. They release you as gas into the stratosphere. <laughs>